Welcome to The Expositor Podcast with Dr. Stephen J. Lawson. Dr. Lawson is the founder and president of One Passion Ministries. The Expositor Podcast is focused on taking your preaching to the next level. Now, here's Dr. Lawson. Here's the question I want to address in this session. If I could be anyone in church history, who would that be? As I speak at different conferences around the country and overseas, I'm often asked that question. If I could be anyone in church history, who would I be? And the reason people ask me this question is I've written numerous biographies on some of the most important uh, figures in church history. Martin Luther, John Calvin, Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, William Tyndale, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, John Knox. Um, those are a lot of key men that I've been able to spend time digging into their lives, as, as well as I've written on many other men as well in my book, Pillars of Grace. Um, as I think about the answer to that, I could easily say, well, I'd love to be Charles Haddon Spurgeon. I mean, he's the prince of preachers. Who wouldn't want to be Spurgeon, the way he was so witty with his manners of expression? Or I could say John Calvin. Uh, really the premier expositor of, of the church age, or Martin Luther, who shook up Western civilization with his bold stand at the Diet of Worms, April 18, 1521. Here I stand, I can do no other, God help me. However, the answer that I would give is a figure that you may not be as aware of, and you need to be, his name is George Whitfield. I believe George Whitfield is the greatest evangelist that God has ever given to the church, certainly since the Apostle Paul. George Whitfield was an amazing figure. In fact, there, there's virtually no one with whom you can compare George Whitfield. There's a sense in which you can compare other people with Calvin or, or uh, Edwards, uh, John Owen. I mean, they're all brilliant men. They kind of blend together, but Whitfield's over here by himself. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, other men merely existed. Whitfield lived. That speaks volumes of Whitfield. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the greatest preacher, I think, since the Apostle Paul, by the account of many people, said, I've only ever had one mentor in the ministry other than my master, Jesus Christ. And that mentor was George Whitfield. If you're want, wanting to understand the preaching genius of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, then you need to understand the number one influence upon the preaching of Spurgeon, and by his own admission, that was George Whitfield. Robert Murray McShane, the favorite son of Scotland in the 19th century, the great preacher who flamed out for God at age 29, um, once said this, Oh, just for one week of the life of George Whitfield. In other words, if I could just feel like what it would be like to be Whitfield for just one week of my life. Whitfield was an amazing figure. Um, he preached some 18,000 formal sermons. And when you add sermons... Um, that he preached in more informal settings, and yet they would be more of a sermon than most men ever preach as a sermon. The total is 30,000. 
He only preached for 34 years. You can do the math on this. That's almost a thousand sermons a year. There's 365 days in a year. Whitfield's preaching more than two sermons a day, almost three sermons a day. That's just on the average. He crossed the Atlantic Ocean 13 times. It took two to four months per trip across the Atlantic Ocean. You can do the math on this. He spent three years of his life just crossing the Atlantic Ocean to go to the next place to preach. He was the leader of the Great Awakening here in the 1740s in the American colonies, which was the greatest movement of the Spirit of God on American soil. Uh, he is the man going up and down the eastern seacoast. When he went to Philadelphia, he preached to more people in Philadelphia than lived in Philadelphia. In fact, his last sermon in Philadelphia was twice the population of Philadelphia. The same happened when he went to New York and when he went to Boston. It was the largest gathering of people in the history of the colonies to that point for any event. More people saw the face of George Whitfield than ever saw George Washington. In that sense, Whitfield was the true founding father of, of America, and it was really the result of the preaching of Whitfield and others like Jonathan Edwards and the Great Awakening that really set, I think, the, the, the climate for what would become the establishing of this country. Um, but Whitfield was also, and this is so remarkable, he was also the leader of the Evangelical Awakening in the United Kingdom, in England, and in Scotland, and in Wales. Um, how can this be? That he is the leader of these two great awakenings on both sides of the Atlantic. He was converted at age 21 at, at uh, Oxford, and he immediately began to preach. And by age 23, he had electrified England with his preaching. Uh, at age 24, in one summer, when you look at all of the places where Whitfield preached in London, it is estimated that in that three-month period of time, he preached to over one million people face-to-face. -face. Uh, Whitfield went into what was called commons, which were like parks, large parks, in which the people would gather on holidays and and on weekend days, and there, there would be 30,000, 40,000 people in there. And his friends would tell him, don't go in there, you'll never come out. I mean, there's cockfights, bear fights, it's a carnival atmosphere, uh, hooligans, rough, ruffians, uh, they're all in there. And unannounced, Whitfield shows up, and there's so many people in there, they would have to pass him over their head into the very center of the common, and he would stand up on a rock wall and just begin to say, I've come here today to talk to you about your soul. And he would begin to preach the new birth, the, the, the necessity of the new birth, the nature of the new birth, that except you be born again, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And he was a fisher of men and a harvester of souls. And God used him to uh, really bring to uh, England and London what they had never experienced before, uh, a sudden spreading of the new birth. 
as people are no longer just in church going through dead motions, but now they're alive unto God. This was George Whitfield. He's buried in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Uh, he said he always wanted to be buried in... He wanted to die in the pulpit, and if he couldn't die in the pulpit while he was preaching, he wanted to be buried under the next pulpit in which he was to preach or the last pulpit in which he preached. And he had just been in Exeter, New Hampshire, where he had preached his last sermon, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. He then came down to Newburyport, where a church had spontaneously been birthed during the Great Awakening as a result of his preaching. Uh, the new wine could not fit in the old wineskins, and so this new church was begun, and Whitfield had come back down to preach now to these who had been converted under his earlier preaching, and he died next door of what he called a gospel sweat. He died at about five in the morning, probably from asthma. His throat just closed down. He couldn't breathe anymore. He'd preached himself to death from the night before. And so he's buried under the pulpit there in Newburyport, Massachusetts. I've had the privilege of standing in that pulpit and preaching on Whitfield and the effect of his preaching and that's the kind of men we need in pulpits today. Men who want to die preaching in the pulpit. Men who want to be buried under a pulpit. Men who want to give their life to preaching the Word of God. If I could be anyone in church history, I would want to be George Whitfield, be used by God as a harvester of souls. May God direct your preaching to include preaching on the new birth. God bless you.